On today's Sky's Falling Podcast, I am from my new apartment. Uh, bad audio, great visual. Uh, this place looks a lot different. I got a big brick wall behind me. Uh, so now I can make puns about running through brick walls all the time. So that's cool. Um, anyway, got a lot to talk about in terms of the weekend. I know Tommy's like dead right now after all the pain and that I put him through helping me move. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, and then uh, sports-wise, you know, the Cubs are going into the, the last week before the deadline, so uh, rip in peace to our hearts. Uh, the White Sox uh, on the verge of getting swept by the Brewers. We're recording this Friday before – or not Friday, uh, Sunday Sunday night before Game 3 of that series. I'm uh, interested to see Josh's thoughts on this series so far. And then uh, other stuff, Bears, Anthony Miller traded um, to the Texans, which is interesting. And then – the Blackhawks picked up Seth Jones, and everyone knows I'm not a hockey guy, so I'm interested to hear what everyone here has to say about this because I'm just, you know, all I know is that it's a big deal. So that's going to be fun to talk about. Um, so, yeah, as always, Sky's Final Podcast brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com. Head on over to your Chicago sports needs. We're also brought to you by Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, Illinois betters can, uh, when you deposit, make your first deposit match up to $250, end up getting some free money, free bets. So you get your first month's rent on us. I can't believe I just memorized that through my head or read that out through my head. Guys, amazing. What are you even saying? <laughs> it's been, a, it's been a long fucking weekend, guys. It's been a long fucking weekend. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody. Did you done read this good? <laughs> you can follow Tommy at official underscore T-Log and Josh at on tap. Josh, Sean's not here. Uh, he's taking a personal day. Uh, that, that, that's my understanding. So, yeah, um, you can follow the podcast at uh, Sky's Fine Pod on Twitter and the Sky's Fine Pod on Instagram. <sighs> Sir T. Oliver Long. You know what? I'm just glad we were able to see probably the last uh, Briz Oak and Co. back-to-back bombs today. Kind of sad to see. Because we all know what's coming. But you know what? Vibes are up right now. Cody's in his new apartment. He's got AC in there. He's got it at a brisk 69 degrees, keeping it real nice. And I'm just looking forward to talking about your mean Mercedes. Let's just start the damn show. <laughs> You're listening to The Sky is Falling, a Chicago sports podcast brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com. Cody, Tommy, and Sean talk Bulls, Cubs, Blackhawks, Bears, Illinois College Sports, and even the damn White Sox. Plus, these guys are all degenerate gamblers, and they know how to have a good time. So crack them, kids, because the Sky is Falling podcast starts now. And welcome to episode 98 of the Sky is Falling podcast. Tommy. Josh, he picks up. So let's uh, go. Uh, I thought he was ninety six, dude. Ninety eight. Who's, who's fucking ninety eight? Leonard Floyd. He's on the Bears. Bears legend. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he is ninety six. Defensive right? lineman. Yeah, yeah. We, we just talked about it like two weeks. Who gives ago? a shit? It's fucking baseball season. <laughs> agree, agree. Uh, guys, is a long ass weekend. It's been hot as fuck. I've sweated at least six or seven different times throughout the day. The last two days. Um, I never thought I could sweat this much, uh, but when you're moving and you're moving 
heavy fucking boxes all hours of the day, uh, you learn a little bit about yourself. You build some character. Sometimes you realize you're just kind of, you know, when your back's up against the wall, you just got to, you know, push through like a lot of people do. I I cannot wait. I'm going to go buy just a bunch of cardboard boxes and fill them with bricks and just like concrete cinder blocks and be like, hey, Cody, when I move, there's I got a whole truckload of these. Can you bring them in for me? Thanks. That's going <laughs> to want you move into my new apartment. <laughs> but really, the real goat of the move-in was uh, your your roommate's father just went full dad mode. He was the captain of that ship. He was fighting shoulder pain, leg pain, didn't give a single fuck, battling through, got the job done. Yeah, Cassidy's dad is just built different, brother. Like I don't know how he's he's I, part he, of Club Tommy, dude. Yeah, like he like there was a few times where he had to like stop, put put it down, just like kind of bend over, just kind of like you know, Le- legitimately get together. But man, when, when I I thought we were gonna like have to perform either CPR or like call an ambulance at, at certain points. I was kind of worried because yeah. it was like a, almost we're flirting with a hundred degrees and like eighty five percent humidity, moving dressers and desks and beds. He changed and his shirt three couches. times, man. He changed his shirt three times. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how hot it was. I stayed in the oh, same man. tank top all day, and then I got poured on at the end. So I guess my tank top got washed by the rain. But like, oh boy, it was just it was the worst weekend to move. It quite literally I'm, was. It was so hot. I'm, I'm sort of in the camp, and I'm I've, I'm a firm believer in this. I'll die on this hill. Moving, like full-fledged moving apartments or houses, is the most blue-collar thing that anybody could ever do. You know, when I, I kind of agree. When yeah. I sold my pickup trucks, I thought I'd get. I thought I kind of left the being asked to help move crowd because <laughs> when I had those trucks, it was always, hey, you know. I'm moving some couches or I'm, you know, I need this or that. And I'm like, fuck you. But yeah, I'll help you. I think that's why people get smart cars because I, I think, I think still the, they don't have to help yeah, their friends move. Yeah. There's, there's two reasons, right? So like, if you get a smart car, you're like, well, Cody's never going to ask me to move, move anything. Cause nothing fits in my smart car. Also mm-hmm. having a smart car possibly signifies that you're probably pretty physically weak and you can't really lift anything. So, True. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're not trying to help anybody move, maybe maybe get get a smart car. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to get a smart car before Tommy moves now. <laughs> Boys, I am like legitimately like I'm I, I'm in talks with Jim. I think I'm going to buy myself for my a birthday gift. I'm going to buy myself a Tesla. Ooh. Cassidy's Can I drive it? Me this? Can I drive it? Huh? Can I drive it? Fuck yeah. I'll, I'll get insurance. Perfect. I'll get insurance. Yeah. Who Cassidy was telling me this the earlier today, and then I was like, I swear to God, like a couple weeks ago, he told me he was gonna go back to buying a truck. See, I I, I did that. I I was all I was I was uh actually texted uh a couple guys that I used to work with over at GM because I was looking at the new Sierra AT4 and I won't lie, like there was some blood flow to like the groinal region of my pants. Yeah. But then I thought about, I'm like, you know what? Going to move into the city, parking that shit, like parking my Silverado in the city was just a canker sore on my ass. 
Um, <laughs> so I don't want to do that daily. Plus gas prices over the next three years are going to continue to go up. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Tesla is going to be the move. I think the most expensive thing you got to pay for the Tesla, like on an annual basis, is just that sticker, I think is like a thousand dollars because they know you're not going to, you're not going to spend any gas, you know? Yeah. So yeah the registration that, for an electric vehicle is pretty wild. Plus, yeah. like, but what I'm going to do, I do plan on just, um, not getting like one of the charging stations, but I'm just going to find random outlets where like, I don't have to pay the electricity bill and just plug my car in like wherever. Yeah. Like if there's one outside, like my neighbor's apartment, I'll just plug They can pay that bill. I don't give a shit. I'll <laughs> camouflage the extension cord. I don't care. I have an uncle who has one, man. They're those things. Those things are awesome. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, those things are not overhyped. Those, yeah. those, those cars are awesome. Yeah. One of my friend has, has one down in central Illinois and he's like, yeah, to drive 30 miles to, to like, if he's on the road, I'll have to go far between like charging stations. But he has yeah. one of the models where you can customize the horn. Oh, and he he put like the purge siren on for his. Jeep. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, isn't that wild? <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, that'd be horrifying. Like just that would be horrifying. Yeah. Can you hear that? <laughs> Jesus, yes, I completely agree. Um, before we move to the sports, uh, I just want to again thank Tommy for helping me move it. And, and on the positive note, the place I live at, it fucks. Um, Josh, you're mm-hmm. always invited. Nice. If you ever come to the city, man, like you always got a spot. You you always got a spot on my Josh, couch. Let um, me tell you something yeah. about being friends with Cody. God, <laughs> don't here we go. Don't put yourself in a position where he can take a picture of you to put on the <laughs> internet. Um, either just sleeping in a bed trying to survive drinking a thousand beers and gambling away all all your money or when you stick the fan up your shorts to cool down your ball sack that is crying sweat he'll oh he'll, 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 he'll find the spot he'll snap the pick and, put and you know what the, the problem is is if he didn't tell me he was taking a picture i would never know that is yeah true unless unless say that. unless his switch was up on his iphone and i heard the shutter well, that's the thing, though, is like you that's that's the problem is you you'd be in such a mode of anxiety where you just be almost <laughs> frozen to be like in picturesque mode. Like you'd always be flexing your muscles, just, just like sucking it in just, Dude, like at all times. It was just so funny watching Tommy put that fan anywhere he possibly could to get some air inside his like inside. I was his dying. Clothes. Yeah, it was so hot in this apartment yesterday before the ac units got here and like just the fact that it was just so what, what did you guys again before we uh quick sidebar before we go to, to white Sox? what did you guys do for food because for oh, me like anytime party. anytime i move like anytime i'm either moving or like helping someone move mm-hmm. like i don't want payment i don't care just let's get food so what yeah. you guys yeah. do so tommy met met me and Cassidy and her family at the new place. And then he rode with me and Cassidy uh, to our old place to get uh, for the next trip. And after we loaded the car up and the trailer up, which took probably about, I don't know, a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, we hit the McDonald's drive. What, Tommy, you got the 20-piece McNugs? Yeah, and I got the... Yeah, I got two McChickens and freaking medium fry, uh, strawberry shake, um, and we. I think we, her parents 
put money into this. We spent way too much goddamn money out of McDonald's, but that was what we bucks. we that's what we put in. Uh, you know, we we ate that on the way, and then like we were, it was kind of nice on the way back. We they had a trailer full of stuff, you know, so we were in front of them, but going like basically the speed limit on ninety four. And so we're going like, you know, 60, 65, because like, again, trailer, everything's wide open on it, you know, so we can't go too fast. So it was kind of nice being able to just chill. Like the best part of yesterday was just sitting in the car (laughs) and eating the McDonald's and just like enjoying the AC. Tommy almost took a nap like, Mm. yeah, but yeah, we did that. I think that was all you got, man, but. Um, I know but me the, and Cassidy the, ordered Mexican late, late last night. So the the problem was, is as soon as we got back, and we started moving shit into the new apartment, you, all I did, all I felt was just the McNuggets with the sweet and sour sauce, and the Diet Coke just sloshed around my stomach, and it was just felt like a total bag of fucking assholes just totally gross and then you're just walking around and there's hardly any relief from the heat and it's just <laughs> oh god yeah it was, again it was a hot day yesterday so um yeah again thanks for all the help and uh i think with that said is the humidity inside uh, American Family Field is 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 that affecting the White Sox bats this weekend? I don't know. We uh, saw. Josh? We saw. <laughs> we just look, like, man. I I'm I'm always like I always joke around with a couple of my White Sox friends, and like if we're losing, I just I send them a random text, and it, all it says all the time is trade everyone. And there were like four instances over the past two days where I said trade everyone and it's just like when you only score two runs I like I know Milwaukee's pitching is very good but when you only score two runs and you're a first place team uh, on top of your bullpen just completely sharding down their legs it's just uh, it's a little frustrating and uh, I think I just said frustrating. I don't know, dude. Words. Hey, man. Um, I saw. I saw <laughs> earlier this week. Uh, Sox scouting in St. Louis, scouting Andrew Chafin and uh, Ryan Tapera. Yeah, I think Ryan Tapera could be a nice bullpen arm. I'm not gonna lie. And then I'm still on the Adam Frazier train, man. I'm gonna be on it. Uh, listen, uh, let me. Okay. Because I was compl- I was slandered so hard last. Oh my <laughs> god! I was slandered <laughs> out, son. So hard. Come on, slandered. dude. So Jeez I didn't. Louise. Here's what I did not say. This is what I'm. This is I'm upset with Tommy because what I said a couple episodes ago totally went over his head, over his thick McDonald's filled skull. No, but, okay. And, All right. I'll, I'll let you say your piece. I'll, I'll let you say your piece. I never said that I don't want Adam Fraser. Those words never left my mouth hole. We uh-huh. understand that. We yeah. understand. All that. I said was I I'm afraid to overpay for Adam Frazier. I'm uh-huh. not, like and and it's not even Adam Frazier, it's anybody. I don't want to like even if they were like this guy is guaranteeing you at least a World Series appearance. I still don't want to overpay. 
That's all it is. I make a trade, do whatever you got to do. I can't control what what. Again, Rick I think, does. I, but think I, 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 think we, that, I think that's what we were talking about. I think that's, that's what, what we, we said. But that's hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. As two fans of team of a team that recently won a World Series and overpaid for a guy to help us win. Who, who we was were, involved in that Chapman deal? Because it was Glaber Glaber, Torres. Glaber who? Torres, who the next year hit 36 home runs, hit 296, and had an on base percentage of 312. Yeah, it sounds like I hit a I don't think he played in 2017. Right. I think it was 2018, but yeah. Whatever. whatever. Um, he he yeah. came up in 17 for a little bit. Billy, still, B- Billy, Billy saying, McKinney like, was in that trade too. But, and he, I don't know. I, last I heard, he was with the Brewers, actually. But yeah, I, he, yeah, yeah. He, oh, he's, he, he he's never he, panned out to be like any crazy thing. Yeah. But, but let me still, ask you, let like me our ask point, our point was like it is, it is worth it to put yourself in a more high leverage situation where it's going to benefit you in the short term, rather yeah. than the more high risk, you know, high reward, low risk. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get what your point of view is. I was just defending myself because it sounded like I was getting pretty slandered pretty hard last week eh, i don't uh, think so i don't the last don't question the last the, the only question that i that i have on that though is does it have any bearing on the actual position because like we're talking about a second baseman or or is your point of view like it doesn't matter what position this guy plays you're just missing that yeah. piece for me i think adam frazier not only issue because again you're not magical's out for the year and yep. he also has a, a the type of approach that helps diversify a lineup because again you have Mankata who you know I don't you know your home run hitters I don't want to say that they're home run or bust type guys but you're gonna have your big boppers but you also got to have guys who are gonna get on base and you talking about only scoring two runs this week or this weekend you know Andrew Vaughn hits a solo shot and I don't know how they scored yesterday but again like you got to have guys who are going to get on base, and that's a guy that you can stick at the top of the order with Tim Anderson, and with those with those two guys, and with Eloy coming back this week, and with Abreu and Mancada and all of those guys. I I just think that it puts that lineup at a different level. And again, their lineup has been very good all season, considering the injuries, all that we've talked about it yeah. at ends. But when they get into the postseason and have to play teams like the Astros and the Red Sox and you know other elite AL teams, I think Adam Frazier gives that team a different look outside of everyone else. And again, I don't even think you have to trade a top end prospect. Or okay, I'm saying that wrong. I don't think you have to trade your top prospect. Maybe not even like your top three prospects for Adam Frazier. You're going to have to trade a top 10 prospect, I believe, but not your top, top one. You know, now, for a reliever, I would yeah, think differently. Yeah. Well, ahead, plus, I mean, this all could be mute, as we know, because uh, with uh, the White Sox uh, savior coming out of retirement like the Phoenix that he is, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the Yerminator, uh, he's coming back to add a big old bat in that lineup. So I mean, we may we may not we may not be. He'll probably to talk be back in this. August, September, right? Like with September call-ups, he'll probably be that. I last can I can literally feel Josh 
in his head saying, this motherfucker. Fuck this guy. <laughs> no, no. It, okay, so what you what you guys didn't see, uh, because I didn't put it on Twitter, because I knew that it would just be another feather in the White Sox Twitter likes to put me in the shadow realm cap. Um, I was talking to uh, a couple other baseball fans outside of, of White Sox fandom, and uh, they asked me what they thought because they're like, they're just so wild. And I'm like, yeah, it's wild. And you know what that, you know what it is? It's Yerman Mercedes being a crybaby. Like I'm so anti Yerman Mercedes in this situation. Like it, it was easy to root for because he was 20 year old. You're like rookie, one of the few. Spent so much time in the minors. Dude, yeah. I, I, look, here's what happened. Like I, this is how you dumb it down for somebody. He struggled for a month and a half plus in the majors. Got sent down rightfully so. You're not getting your job done. You're getting sent down. And then he he kicked and screamed on the on his way to Charlotte, and he did well. He's he was hitting like three oh six or something like that in Charlotte, and then they pinch hit for him in like the sixth inning, and he cried about it, and he posted on social media whether he was intoxicated or not. Some people think he was. That he's like, oh, but I'm done. Baseball sucks. I don't want to be here anymore. I, I'm taking my ball and going home because nobody they're not letting me play. And then the next day he was like, I'm back. And I, <laughs> it, like. To me, it's like, dude, you just like this is just the most attention seeking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like that you can't you can't you can't go from the from Major League Baseball's hottest hitter in April to shaving your nickname on the side of your head to having beers named after you to having burgers named after you to getting sent down because you're not hitting well, crying about it, posting on social media and then going, please call me back up. Like you can't do that. This is what, the, what this is major league baseball. Where is the like ha, has he reached the highest point in his arc of his like baseball story? Was it just that the first you know four or five weeks of the season? Or do you think that you know he hasn't reached his peak yet? Or is he he done? I I don't think he's done. I really don't because if you look at um the small adjustments he made like sort of in t- at the tail end of that terrible slump that he went through, he was really shortening his swing, going the opposite way. Like he was getting hits. He wasn't hitting for power, but I don't think that you can expect anybody to hit for power right after a slump or in the midst of a slump. I don't think you can do that. He did what he was supposed to do. I'm sure Frank Benakino worked with him and was like, "Dude, you can't hit home runs anymore. You got to try and he says it all the time. Let's hit 300 first and then worry about hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And for Yerman, it's like he was hitting, he was like one for 712. And Frank Menachino was probably like, dude, just focus on hitting the ball. Like just hit the baseball. And he was starting to do that. Um, I don't think what we saw in April is like regular Yerman Mercedes. I think that was, that was one of those things where it was like, he's taking the league by storm. It's incredible. He's just red hot. And I, I think I think everybody fell in love with that. And then he he slumped hard. I think this guy could be um uh he can be what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, effective. I think he can be a usable bat in, in the can majors. he be a nice uh guy off the bench and pinch hit situation. I think so because I think if you looked at what when he was pinch hit earlier in the season, I think he had a pinch hit, pinch hit homer, pinch hit extra base hit here and there once in a while. But what yeah. worries me is like his whole mental thing. Like, are you gonna cry if you don't play in seven days? Like, are, yeah. I just this is that bothers this, me. 
this is what Yerman Mercedes reminds me of. And I don't know who I'm talking about. It's Marcus Thames. Like I think it was 2017, Marcus Thames. He came over from Korea and was red hot in April. Chris Bazio questioned if he was using steroids. <laughs> and the Brewers didn't like that. And that's that's kind of that's honestly kind of the start of like this Brewers Cubs rivalry. If the real ones know. Um, but Mark, Marcus Thames, he was like red hot in like April and then just fell apart. And by the time he was done with Milwaukee, he was just like a, a guy off the bench. He didn't start every day. Um, he had giant ass biceps. I give him that much, but he was not a guy He's that they like wanted to play back every in day. Korea or Japan or something. Now, <laughs> yeah, like it was just like the league adjusted eventually, and he just was unable to adjust in a way to where he was going to be effective. That's kind of the thing with Yerman Mercedes, right? Like he had a really hot April, and teams adjusted, and you know that's why he's in 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 Charlotte right now because he he can't figure that out. Um, again, he's going to be back because September call-ups or whatever, the roster expands one or two spots. So he'll be back and I'm interested to see how they're going to use him. But I think at this point, at least the rest of this season, he's probably going to be, you know, a a bat off the bench or something like that. Well, I, there's uh there, there are white Sox fans out there who are comparing his catching ability to that of Zach Collins and Subby Zavala. And, um, (laughs) I would just first like to immediately shut that down. Um, he he caught one inning in in the majors, and literally one inning. And uh, they're they're talking about um, they're they're talking about his uh, his throwout rate, his putout rate with mm-hmm. stolen bases. And like it's, I think it's better than Zach Collins, and it's better than Sebi Zavala. But like the sample sizes, fractions of what Collins and Zavala have have dealt with. Um, yeah. I think there are far more uh, larger factors and more important factors than throwing guys out, uh, which is calling a game, managing a pitching staff, and, oh, I don't know, paying attention to to hitters' tendencies. Like, we have far more important things to worry about with their catcher than, like, can he throw a guy out? (laughs) Totally (laughs) random, but one of my favorite, like, visuals in baseball is when a pitcher misses their spot it, it, from where a catcher wanted it or threw a wrong pitch, and the the batter just, I mean, molly whomps it and hits the ball 500 feet, and the catcher just like throws his hands down and just looks straight down, like what a fucking idiot! I like I wanted it low and outside, and he threw a middle middle like a total dipshit, and now this guy's gonna touch all four pillows and we're losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Zach Collins, I was looking at his numbers and. I'm not gonna lie. I was really surprised at how bad they were. I'm not gonna lie. He's ba- hey, look. He's he is a career backup catcher. Yeah. Like which it would the the thing is is like it's surprising because he was a first round pick. I know, I know. And that, the White Sox are expecting so much more. Yeah. It, the only reason I was looking it up is some guy who follows me on Twitter, Sox fan, I guess. He like he tweeted at me. He was just like, "What do you want for Wilson Contreras?" And and I was like. Well, Grandal's gonna come back. Yeah. And and you got Zach Collins, who's a first round pick. That would be dumb. And I look and that's what led me to Zach Collins looking up Zach Collins' stats. I was like, holy shit, this guy's <laughs> having a terrible season. He's like yeah. he has like a negative war, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um again, still young, whatever. Um, 
but that's got to hurt a little bit considering James McCann. I don't know what his numbers are with that, the Mets, I mean, but catchers eh. take longer to develop. That too. That too. Yeah. Players. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I think that the thing with uh, Zach Collins, though, is, um, and, and this has been swirling on White Sox Twitter ever since Yasmani Grandal went down, is your backup catcher is literally meant to give your starting catcher a day off. He's not meant to hit. 290 he's not meant to hit 18 home like he's just the the offensive numbers are non-existent there you're supposed to be a day off guy and unfortunately the way things have gone is zach collins has had to turn into a starting catcher role over the past couple weeks and gonna be the same in in august um like i said career backup catcher at this point i mean it's i think the vision for zach collins is like He's a serviceable starting guy on maybe a mid to low tier team because he can catch. Like he, he his his game calling ability is there, uh, his mm. defensive ability. Eh. But um, can he, he frame? Just, I I think uh, I think that's improved. I think that's improved over the past year or so, um, especially working a little bit with, with James McCann and uh, mm. Jerry Naren's there too. So working on that. I mean. I think uh, White Sox fans don't give him enough credit for the stuff that he does behind the plate. I, don't get me wrong. His defense is not good, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's improved. It's it's better than it was. Yeah. No, I was just curious. Well, anyway, this guy, he, he like wants Wilson Contreras, and I'm like, well, you're going to get Grandall back anyway. Like, why would you – like, I don't even know – well, I couldn't even tell him what I what I wanted for Wilson Contreras. One, because I don't want to trade Wilson Contreras. But if we did trade Wilson Contreras, the White Sox, he, and he has one more year. I, I mean, I would have told him you know, Andrew on it and fucking deeper. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know what it gets sense the White Sox do. So that's why I didn't ask for me why he wanted uh, Wilson Contreras. So. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, what else? What else is there? Aloy's back tomorrow. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. <laughs> Are you excited? Uh, yeah. And the, re- the only reason why <laughs> okay. I'm holding back, the only reason why I'm holding back here, is because I don't want. Um, I just know. I know what's coming. I. I. I know. I'm so jaded by by Twitter. I'm just. Like he's gonna go zero for four, and people are gonna be like, "He sucks." Like the, the injury changed him; he's the worst. Um, the word is is that he's gonna DH. Um, so our outfield is likely still to be Andrew Vaughn, uh, Brian Goodwin, or Adam Engel, and then swap the other two, Gavin Sheets, whatever the, whatever it is. Um, so we'll see how that affects him. I know he's always said like, "I don't really want to be a DH. I want to play the field. I want to be more involved." But it's like, bro. Unless your fielding improves, you're not you're not playing the field. Like Andrew Vaughn is not an outfielder, and he hit that in stride. Like he is a better left fielder, like convincingly than Aloy Jimenez, and he is not an outfielder. <laughs> like, yeah. so, but I'll say this: I I think um, just Aloy Jimenez, uh, his effective like how he can affect that that clubhouse and that the dugout and just being a presence on that team, I think that's going to, that's going to improve. I think it's going to be a shot in the arm. Um, 
and it's nice to come back. You know, you have Kansas City for four, Cleveland for three this week. Uh, so hopefully we can rack up some wins, get the confidence back, and maybe uh, maybe Aloy will hit a bomb. I said I want your opinion on this. I put Aloy Jimenez first home run over under three and a half games. Ooh. Uh, I think it's going to take him weeks to get going. Really, genuinely, that's just my that's opinion. Fair. What do you? I wh- where are you on that? Uh, I'm I'm on the over only because uh, I think the lineup has been like I I think he's he's going to come in with no pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like I I think he's just going to focus on like getting his timing back, trying to put the bat mm-hmm. on the ball. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gonna go go all out. Interesting. Um, what about Robert? When he's when's he come back? Didn't he start a rehab assignment? Rehab stint Wednesday. Um, okay. I mean, I don't don't rush back. I mean, look, we have a nine game lead in the division. <laughs> like, if we, I don't yeah. care if we win the game. If we win the division by by a half a game, I don't care. Let's just win the division. Don't just don't blow the lead and make the playoffs, huh? I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I would love to finish the division like next week, but they would have to like go on a huge downfall because like there's just no one in that division that like scares you. Like you're not scared of the Indians. The twins were supposed to be your biggest like thing you're going to be afraid of, and they fucking suck. And then the other two teams are just bottom feeders tanking shout, as well. So. Shout out to Byron Buxton den, uh, denying a, an extension with the Twins. Love yep. that. <laughs> it's awesome. Hate to see it. It's Cubs, awesome. go get him. We need a center fielder. Dude, his injuries absolutely plagued him. Like, if you think of of a guy, when someone says, like, quote this with a player that you would love to see 100% healthy throughout his entire career, it's Byron Buxton. He could have been mm. a stud. Like he's good, he's very good, but I'm just imagining him with without the injuries. Mm. Yeah, I remember when he was coming up, he was he was highly touted. So, um, it was like him the- and like Lewis Brinson were like, yeah. we're supposed to be like the next center fielders, and Lewis Brinson like has barely cracked. He's in like the Marlins system now. He's barely he part cracked of the yellow. He was part yeah. of the Yelich trade. Just can't get um, his shit together. Yeah. Um, before we move to Cubs, I brought up Ryan Tapera earlier. Josh, if you're if we're if if we're not giving up a ton, which again I don't think you have to give up a ton for Adam Frazier, mm-hmm. are you willing to give up? I don't know a top fifteen prospect for a reliever, considering your bullpen is probably your biggest weakness. I'll tell you who I want to I want to fl- uh, flip is uh, Mike Rodolfo. I guess it's not flipping because you, you you signed him, but uh, his stock is really high right now, um, and I just I don't necessarily think he's gonna. I mean, I could be completely wrong, uh, but I don't necessarily think he's gonna pan out. Like it just took him a really long time. Uh, I think he's only like twenty four or twenty five, but when he was bad, he was bad. Like he was he was awful. Um, and he's, he's hitting it well now, uh, a couple walk off homers in the past couple weeks. Um, so I think he's, he's, a might be an attractive piece for some other teams. So Mike Rodolfo is, is definitely there. Um, as far as the other, I mean, it, it's hard. Like it, it, I would need the, the names in front of me, but I think if you told me, 
Are you saying specifically like top 15 for Ryan Tapera? Yeah. I think, yeah, dude, you're if I you're think, relievers, no, 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 I'm just asking. Yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're yeah. getting Kimbrel, Tapera, Schaefer, even uh, even Winkler, you're going, mm-hmm. you're starting at top 20 and working your way it, forward. I think, I mean, if you're getting like a Schaefer, who has been probably like one of the better relievers in the game, I mean, Especially I think the lefty. conversation, yeah, I think you're starting with like Yolts and Cespedes uh, and going from there. Like legitimately, Which, that's that's where it's going to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's yeah, going to no, take I, a while to develop. So I, yeah. I, I, I kind of understand where Tommy's coming from on that because you could look at their rankings right now. And I think he's like number two in their system. But we've talked, I think we talk, talked a, bit, a little bit about this last week. It's like relievers are going to get you the most because of the teams that are in it. They're the ones like they need that one last bullpen arm or they, you know, something like that. And that's why. Yep. You know, like position players aren't going to get you that, or, or aren't going to cost as much, especially on expiring deals. You know, I I said to Para because I'm not sure if the Cubs are going to trade Chafin, but I think they're more likely to trade to Para than than them too. And and Winkler, that might be pushing it too, because in terms of like the value. But I I do think to Para. I mean, if 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 the Cubs didn't have Kimbrel, Tapera would be the closer, in my opinion. So, I think if you add if a, a contender adds a guy like Ryan Tapera, that's that's a guy that's going to give you solid production. You you think the numbers say? I mean, one NL reliever of the month in May. You know, he's proven he can be very good for a long period of time. He was he got an, <laughs> he was pretty good for the Cubs last year. Somehow got an MVP vote. <laughs> like, I had, um, there's a whole story behind that. That's really funny. But, um, yeah, I, I I do think that if the Cubs and the White Sox were to make a trade with each other, it would make more sense to me if relievers were involved rather than Chris mm-hmm. Bryant. No, I, I, that, I there's agree. so many p- fans on Sox Twitter that are like talking about Chris Bryant. I'm like. It makes so much more sense for them to go after a reliever because, you know, why? I, 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 maybe they're thinking it because they wouldn't have to give up as much, but I just don't see the Cubs trading with the White Sox unless they get an absolute haul. And I don't think that they're going to do like the White Sox are going to do that mm-hmm. unless they do give a haul, like, like, like a guy like Cespedes or something like that. I don't see the Cubs saying yes to that just because of, recent history yeah so yeah i don't know either way i i love um this this upcoming week toward like coming up to the deadline because i think we're what exactly a week away at the the time of this saturday so saturday is the deadline yep it's gonna be perfect because every single tweet that james fegan tweets out or what james whatever jeff passan and nightingale and every every single time these guys hit send these tweets are going to be magnetic. Like mm-hmm. if they, if you're, I would troll. I would, I really would. If I was a baseball writer, I'd be like, I'd just tweet Chris Bryant. And that's all I would do. I would just tweet out players names because then not only would my Twitter blow up, but people would be like, what could he, what could he know? What, 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 what? And then like three days later, it's like, Hashtag Chris Bryant got traded. yeah, hug watch. Exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. I just can't wait. I'm so excited. And, and I will say this because I know, this these these trade talks can be very very controversial. Um, I'm in the camp of like I'm not gonna over or underreact to any trades because I literally don't know and no one does how these are going to pan out. Literally yeah. no idea. 
I'm a very like take it for what it is kind of guy at the deadline. Um, and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do a live reaction if a if a Sox trade comes through. Maybe I'll do a live reaction. It'll just be it'll, it'll be me going. All right, cool. <laughs> that come on man we need more than that (laughs) um all right well i i'm actually i I, i've mentioned this to tommy off air in the last couple weeks i was like if we'll have to do like a trade deadline uh you know emergency podcast or something maybe saturday afternoon or something and if the Mm socks make a big splash we'll let you on we like we'll do it and i know the cubs are going to do something and i guess this is a good transition um I don't know what the Cubs are going to do, but they're going to do something. Um, you know, this past week, T- Javi Baez's agent lets out that he's looking for $200 million. Um, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> I don't see it happening unless he just magically makes that strikeout rate anywhere below 30% and has an on-base over 350 because I think everything else he does is great, but that's just one big glaring hole. Tommy, I'd love to get your thoughts on that here in a second. Um, you know, it seems like at this point, Kimbrell and Bryant are most likely out. Um, I'm interested to see what the Cubs are going to get for Kimbrell because it's like we've kind of been talking about. I think they're going to get the most for him, especially with one more. I think it's a club option um, on his contract. So you don't even he's not even technically a rental. Um, Bryant obviously is. Um, I've been preaching for months that the Cubs need to keep keep Chris Bryant. Um, but if if it does seem like a reality that they're going to trade him, um, who knows, maybe they trade him and then re-sign him in the offseason. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, this uh, – Tommy said in the intro, man, like hit, seeing Bryant and Rizzo hit a home, go back-to-back today is just kind of like, man, this is awesome. I can't believe it's about to end type shit. And I feel like it's been like that for like the last week. Like anytime the Cubs do some, some fun shit and it's like this is fucking – this is awesome, but this fucking sucks too. Like, I, I, I just like, it's hard. It's been hard to just like enjoy the wins. It's been infuriating in the losses, but then it's like, it's even hard to enjoy wins because like, you know what's coming. Yeah. And it, it's, it sucks because like, I'm, I, I'm watching Josh and, you know, it, like the trade deadline is basically going to be like a little, you know what am I? What, you know what's underneath the Christmas tree? It's a mystery, but you know we're gonna get something probably pretty good. Uh, and instead, it's us, and it's like okay, we've had these really awesome toys, and now mom and dad are gonna take them away and give them to somebody else to play with. And it's like, well, this sucks. This sucks really, really bad. But the, the national, what, what I've been reading, national, like from the national beat reporters or whatever, is they believe that Rizzo and Bryant, or excuse me, Rizzo and Baez are going to stay, and we're going to trade trade Bryant, and we're just going to hope for the best with Wilson Contreras next year. Who fucking knows? That could all, you know, at the same time, everyone talks about how perfect a fit Rizzo would be in Boston, how great Bryant would be, you know, in Boston and, and specifically uh, in New York, and how, you know, Baez, I don't even know what the market would be for him. Just because it, you don't know, it's the peaks and valleys are too high and too low with him. It's you don't, yep. you're not getting consistency. Kimbrell's going to be solid. His option is it's like a club option for like 16 million or a buyout for like four million or something. And 
if especially if he goes to a mid market or small market team, they may pick that up and overpay for a closer for one year. But I I, I don't know. Trading Baez is. I'd almost rather not trade Baez, let it ride it out, continue negotiations through January, and then tender him a qualifying offer. If he tells us to go fuck off, then guess what? We're going to get a sandwich pick. That'll be great. Same thing with Rizzo. He's going to qualify. Uh, he's going to, if we don't resign him, doesn't get traded, he'll get a qualifying offer. He'll probably tell us to fuck off as well. So we're going to get another sandwich pick. So, but the, the, the consequences of those picks are you're not going to get a prospect that you have a ton of professional tape on. You're going to be drafting a high school or college kid where everything is relative as far as the talent he's facing. So, I mean, that's, that, that, that's the risk and reward, you know? So again, I, I, w- I really want to believe in Jed, but either way, something is going to be out there, There's going to be a move that is absolutely gut wrenching and it's going to happen in the next five to six days. As far as what we get in return, I don't know. Yeah, you you hit it on the the nail right there, man. It's it's tough because, you know, with Baez, like he's actually been real hot the entire month of July. Mm -hmm. And you can even look even a couple weeks before that. I think uh, Bleacher Nation's uh, Michael Cerami tweeted out Baez's numbers since like – there was a, I think the first one was like July 4th. And then the second one was like mid to late June. And the numbers are really good. And he's got an on base of like 350. And I know uh, right around the all-star break, he started taking more walks, you know? And again, when he's on, like when he is red hot, he is the best shortstop in baseball. I will I will go to my grave with that when he got it going. But you kind of said it like carried our team for a whole season. Yeah, in 2018, you're right. All that said, though, it's like when when he's not going well, it's not productive, and it's like bad to even have him on the field. And that's been my biggest thing with him. So yeah, it's kind of hard to even like try to figure out what his value is right now because for April and May. It felt like he was, you know, he's hitting homers, driving runs in, but he was all or nothing, man. He was all, I mean, his on base for the season right now is still under 300. He was so bad when it came to just getting on base that despite his hot streak in July and mid to late June, his on base percentage is still below 300. Like, and it, it just, it would be okay if he was hitting 300 for a full season like this this is this is when it comes back to the comparison with Tim Anderson Tim Anderson doesn't walk a lot he is one of the one of the bottom feeders of walk walk rate in baseball but the guy still he makes up for walking by just getting a lot of hits the guy is hitting over 300 he's not even having his best season but he's still hitting over 300 and being a productive player that's the thing with bias that makes me like question even keep him around because when things aren't going good with him, he is just the most unproductive player offensively in the Cubs lineup. Like it, it just is now you add in the defense and all that, and you're getting some production there, but still like you want to pay 20 plus million dollars a year for a guy who's really good consistently at defense. Oh, we got a guy in right field for that right now, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
that's my biggest thing with buys. It's just like you kind like you kind of said. It's just like the the peaks and peaks and valleys. Like they just you just don't know. So with him, I'm down with keeping him the rest of the season. See if he finishes the se- like plays the rest of the season like he has here. You know, late June and July. If he takes that into August and September, I mean, his value would be really high. <laughs> He's probably going to command even more money. I don't know, but in in it's in, just in, tough. To, to that point. Let, and I know I brought up the qualifying offer situation, like how that scenario would would ha- would work. It, it, if he does, if he does, and he just like goes on a tear for the next two and a half months, and you know he plays as well as he can and has a career second half, the window is still open for him to for the sign and trade a Mookie Betts situation in the offseason. That window would still be open. Which that I mean, something like that may be more beneficial, where there's less pressure on Jed to you know he has more of time and more more uh, data where he can okay you know you got these players available you know we can do all this there, again the scenarios are just more more uh, confluent to make it make something like that happen. I'm just presenting that as a scenario to happen, but again, I don't know. I I think it's just too convoluted to. Where if they don't trade him, I I really just do not see a scenario where through through the lens of Jed Hoyer saying, okay, I'm going to give you a contract for 150 million. I don't even think that'd be worth it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just they'd rather invest that money elsewhere. Yeah, like everyone, like if 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 I had to decide what the Cubs were going to pay Javier Baez for the next six years. I would go anywhere between 100 and 125 million over six years. I don't know how much money that comes out to, but that that is probably where I would like the highest I would go on it. You know, now flip that to Anthony Rizzo. That five years, seven million dollar deal, man. Like it doesn't seem like much of a freaking like bad contract to give. Uh, you know, back in April, like that's how bad he's kind of been that game against St. Louis where he left eight guys on base, had that big base running blunder and extra innings that led to a loss. Like, I mean, he's hit a home run today. He's still, you know, really solid defensively. It's just, I don't know, man. Like it, he can't like he, I feel like he's the going to be the easiest one to keep around just because like what he means to the organization, how, what, and he knows that. And like, he probably doesn't want to, not have that. At the same time, like I'm not giving him anything more than a hundred million dollars over like a if we're talking if he wants like a five year deal, you know, nothing more than a hundred million dollars. Now, if he can find a way to do like a two or three year deal, I'll overpay him right. for a couple of those years. But it's just if, if we do yeah, if we do a five year deal, I want it to be riddled with club options. That way, the team is protected. And again, as far as the money goes, I mean, if he thinks he's going to get six or excuse me, nine figures, mm. brother, better better get some stem cells in the back and load up on HGH because it, it, it ain't <laughs> happening. Like, I mean, I get it. Like the you know sentimental values there, but that's probably sixty million dollars worth of sentimental value. That's what I think you're worth at yeah. this point. 
Exactly. Unfortunately, and like, I hate saying that. And, but and we've and we've talked about it with other players before. I mean, you know, the Tigers wish they didn't pay Miguel Cabrera all that money at this point. You know, like I'm sure Tigers fans are saying that too. Talk about Albert Pujols. You know, the Cubs. He's not going to look for a 10 year deal or whatever at 31, 32 years old. However, he's going to be in the off season. But like, I just you know. I, I understand we, we do owe him because he was underpaid for a couple of those seasons, no doubt. But at the same time, like if you're not going to produce at that clip, it's hard to want to give you that. I still think he gives you a great at bat. Like I love the approach. I wish every t- guy on the team had Anthony Rizzo's approach. But you know, the bat. When I say he's not a great base runner, he's just slow as shit. That doesn't mean he's a bad base runner, though he did have that bad base running blunder against the Cardinals the other day, like I said. But it's just tough to kind of figure out. And then, like, all of this said, I think about what if they would have been able to get a deal done in spring training? How much of this is weighing on him, the player? You know, like, and same thing with Chris Bryant, because Chris Bryant is, he's he hasn't been playing like an MVP, MVP player since June 1st. I, I won't lie. As much as I want to keep Chris Bryant around, he hasn't played like an MVP player since June 1st. He's been very average since June 1st. He was great April, May, you know. And then, so, so I'm thinking about like how much is, is the talks and all this like weighing on guys. But then also, you know, we're ma- th- these are professional athletes, you know, like they know this has happened. Like, so it's hard to like give that, like give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, or, or feel bad because like these guys are, they know that this is a thing. But I also do wonder, like, how much is this is just weighing on them? Because, again, baseball is like the biggest mental sport ever. So I'm just like in a cross paths of just like, I have no idea what the fuck we should do. The only thing I know that we should do is trade Kimbrell and hopefully get some decent prospects back that are going to be up with the Cubs within the next year or two. Like, that's all I can hope for with that the when it came to when it comes to bryant rizzo and bias i just don't know and you know he's the one i most like think i know and for these guys from their perspective as far as turning down you know 180 million dollar deals and 70 million dollar deals and you know whatever guess what they may they elected this by turning those deals down to go into the open market and test those waters, and guess what? They may realize that the grass isn't greener on the other side. It may not be as fruitful for them to go elsewhere because other teams, guess what? They had the same tape, same information, same data, and they know right. what they're gonna what what to invest and not invest, and how much these guys are really worth. Now, some right. are gonna be willing to overpay teams that are desperate, like the Mets, like the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies are paying their middle infield like 40 million dollars this year and their middle infield fucking sucks they're playing they're paying yeah. like dd gregorius and who's their second baseman uh, isn't it uh, segura you know gene segura gene. yeah those guys are barely okay and they're both making like between 17 and 20 million this year yeah. i mean they are desperate they're willing to spend whatever it takes they may find they may run into something like that you know a, a market like that where they're willing to overpay to win now but again from their perspective they they may think it's worth it to okay let's go see what these other markets are going to pay us what they're willing to pay you know maybe it's not worth it then they'll go back to jed and be like okay 
look, we'll take those original contracts. Jet's going to laugh in their face and tell them to sit down. We're going to renegotiate. That's how mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's a definite possibility, a, ro- a path that we may be confronted with as, as a Cubs organization. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, with the Phillies, it's interesting. There was a tweet I saw the other day, and it wasn't from like a verified account. It was just like a Phillies fan account or whatever. But like, I guess two of their top prospects like got pulled out of the game, and it was right around the same time I got pulled out of the game. I think it was against the Cardinals. So that's uh, with the Phillies. It is a little interesting. Interesting. No one's really talked about the Phillies and Cubs making a trade. Obviously, Bryce Harper's there. Him and Chris Bryant are good friends, obviously. We've talked about that a ton uh, before. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think the biggest thing that's just going to, like, really suck the rest of this, like, upcoming week is just, like, like every single fucking time Chris Bryant comes out of the game just, just because, like, it's just going to be one of those, you know, like, all right, what's up, you know? And last week it was mainly because I, I guess apparently for hamstring fatigue. What the fuck is hamstring fatigue? I don't fucking know. But that's I think that's the fucking dumbest shit that we're gonna have to do. Like this is this is the part about technology and like the society we live in at twenty in twenty twenty one is like this kind of shit. Like oh this guy's coming out conspiracy theorists. Like do your thing. I'm just like fuck. And that's kind of why I said, you know, it's been hard to even enjoy the wins. So, who was the, uh, what, do you guys remember the player on the Mets that I don't know if he actually got traded or that he thought he got traded and he started crying? Yeah, uh, shortstop. Um, yeah, fuck. Uh, Is that Jose Reyes? No, no. God, I remember Jose Reyes. Oh, uh, uh, though. Uh, Wilmer he was. Flores? He was. Wilmer, that sounds about right. Some Flores. Yeah, and it, it, it turns out like I don't, I don't, I don't think he got traded though. I think they just no, <laughs> no, he did. Well, it, it was like like they, it was a cool baseball story because I think they like started scouting him when he was like fourteen, and he's mm-hmm. been like he was within the Mets organization mm-hmm. from that time on. But um, yeah, outsider perspective before I head out and stuff my face with chicken, um, you need to trade <laughs> Craig Kimbrell and you need to trade Chris Bryant because their values are inevitably i mean they're just really really high right now and regardless of chris bryant that that whole situation with the cubs because he can play multiple positions because his bat is hot i think you have to you you got to pull the trigger on it now I, unless you're for certain that you can strike a deal with chris bryant you have to trade chris bryant you can't risk you can't risk it well i mean that that's that it pairs with what I said last week is, which I don't even know if I said on the podcast. I think, I think Cody and I just talked about it yesterday in the car was the, the big, the biggest thing about Chris Bryant, as far as his re-signability is the fact that his agent is Scott Boris. Yep. Yep. I look forward to Cubs Twitter just blowing up and yelling to fire Jed when the Cubs don't get what everyone thinks they're going to get for Chris. Oh, of course. I do not think they're going to get a like a top like a top 25 prospect like like a lot of the older like the older generations and just people who don't follow baseball as much as like us three do. I just don't see it. Maybe a top 50 like, you know, top 75 i guess in, in that range but i don't see a top 25 guy coming um 
But if Jed pulls it off, man, I guess cool. And then maybe, just maybe, the Cubs will be able to re-sign him in the offseason. I, I, I have one one more thing, actually. And this is, a, this is an interesting talking point when you talk about the trade deadline. We have yet to see a, a very large trade. I mean the the Bryce Ball trade went for Jock Peterson, I, you know that happened. What about what about the Nel, what about the Nelson Cruz trade? The the recent well, two I, top two of yeah, their they did. systems and, and, top like 20 guys for Nelson Cruz. I thought that was did. a really good deal they for did. the Twins. Well, plus yeah. I mean the Rays the Rays have I mean they have a factory of prospects. Right. <laughs> like, for sure. Which for is sure. bullshit I, I, I'm not South Florida's dog shit. Like they should not have a baseball that, Conversation for another day. My my <laughs> point my point to that though my point to that though and thank you for correcting me because we did see a big trade that Nelson Cruz trade was big just for the simple fact of the return that Minnesota got, but that might play to your advantage if you're a Cubs fan because yeah you, you the market decides what the market does like you don't like it, it's it it varies from year to year and if Tampa Bay gave up that much for Nelson Cruz, you could see a big return for Chris Bryant. Yeah, like, but, you know what I'm like, saying? It's plus it's you just add in the factor that Chris Bryant's almost like a, like in Bryce Harper, like Bryce Harper didn't have a great year going into free agency and, but he's a brand, he's a brand yeah. player. You know, yeah. you're not you're to mention for. that Chris Bryant is 10 years younger than Nelson Cruz. True. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I guess that's a good spin zone for what I said about, you know, not getting what I, what many fans think that the Cubs could get for Chris Bryant. Cause Yep. I, I I do think it's a win for both teams in that in terms of that Twins and and Rays trade, um, because like you know the Rays just have a factory of prospects, and then Nelson Cruz is going to be a big difference in their lineup for sure. But yeah, I mean I, that's that's all I can hope for is that the Cubs get some prospects that you know are. Almost ready. I think if you can get some guys who are almost ready, that kind of steer like that kind of steers the fan base into knowing, okay, this really is a retool and like we should be back. Maybe not next year, but the year after. Maybe next year we'll be a lot more competitive and you know, we'll at least have some guys to watch out for. I don't know, but yeah. I again I'm just ready for this fucking week to be over with. I'm so oh, I'm so tired of trade season, man. It, when you're when you're selling, you're just ready for it to be over. Just like rip the band-aid off, man. Like that's yep. That's what it is. Now, when you're buying, you're like, this is fucking awesome. So no wonder Josh is over here smiling, all happy. You know, <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'll let you enjoy it, man. I will as much as it pains me because I, I want my team to be good. But who knows? Maybe the Cubs and White Sox be making a trade. I, I don't think it happens. But if, it, if, it, if they do end up making a trade, I think it'll be for a reliever. Yeah. yeah. Josh, can I ask you a uh, not baseball related question? Sure. So, being as familiar with where you live as I am, and you, you may have to ask your family this too. Um, is your family originally from like where you're from, that suburb area? Yeah. Yep. Do all the pizza places that are not chains have that at like the map of Italy as their pizza <laughs> box or pizza bag? Um. Oh man, I don't think so. Which place are you talking about? So, uh, I've I've gotten Palermo's, uh, Rosati's, Foxen, um, and a couple others. They all have the fucking map of Italy on their shit. 
<laughs> I I don't know I, I don't know what that is, dude. I I will say though, so there's uh there's a, a couple really good. I mean, my go to is beggars for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but there's a there's a place not too far from me, uh, Michael's. Sort of, it's sort of hit the downslope a little bit. Um, got kind of greasy, but um, that it's been delicious for for a long time. I I don't know though. I I, I think it might just be like let's dive into the pizza heritage and we're chicago and this is what we're known for here's italy like i, I don't know right. here's I italy I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't explain it yeah <laughs> cannot explain it all right well i think that's a good way to transition um so josh thanks thanks for joining us man always hope you had a good sure. weekend hope you have a good week enjoy uh enjoy watching or enjoy turning on your notifications for ken rosenthal and bob nightingale and all of them and and just like getting, getting up for the letdown. I think it's a good week to get up for the letdown for you, man. Because I'll tell you what, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to, uh, to watch all of the the Twitter accounts that are uh, named after food, Al's cheesy beef, <laughs> uh, I, all those to break trades, really reputable sources. On the big, big week for Bob Nightingale to get some misinformation. Yeah, hell yeah, wait. that's gonna it's, be awesome. And then, and then just fill the replies with boob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. Uh, we'll t- we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Um. Thanks to Josh for coming on. Uh. Let's talk some. Let's talk positive. Um. I think this is positive because I know me and Tommy haven't ever been the biggest fan of this guy, but Anthony Miller traded to the the Texans. Uh. Just this. I think it was this weekend. Yesterday. Saturday. Um. Tommy, what was your action when this happened? Even though you were with me at the time and we're Good. sweating your dick off. Good. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't give a fuck. See, it's here's like a the, late round pick for him, right? Yeah. yeah and I, like obvious disappointment because the hype was real and he showed flashes and, you know, there's something there. Right. And, right. He, but it, again, I think he's going to Houston where there's nothing but turmoil. And they, you know, I'm sure they saw it as a diamond in the rough. Whatever. The one account I did slide in his DMs. I told him he's a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> he said Great. he was talking about Anthony Miller, how the Bears fucked him up. It was nothing was his fault. They ruined him. They ruined Trubisky, who could have been a Hall of Fame quarterback, and like all this shit. And I'm like, you're fucking stupid. I, like I I like I I was I got pissed off, um, mm. but again I think his the Anthony Miller's biggest demise was himself. It was the antics on the field that did nothing but detriment the team in, in the stupid penalties, not understanding his route tree correctly. In I mean, not too many drops, but when he did have drops, it seems like they were it was on third downs and he's, he'd have nothing but open field and he'd have that drop or a deep ball, whatever. But again, he'd show flashes where he'd be double teamed. He'd be leaping over guys and make 100 one handed grabs. But again, right. good riddance. It, it affected my life in literally no way. <laughs> yeah. No, when I saw it, I was also just kind of like, well, we probably should have got more for this guy just based off the talent alone, but I'm also not going to miss him making stupid 15 yard penalties because all he's doing is thinking about himself. So um, I also heard that the bears are going to move Allen Robinson more into the slot. So I guess that's going to kind of take his spot. Um, 
which is fine. And also, we still got to see what you know they got his replacement and Daz Newsom, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I yep. You know, yeah, you know, and and hopefully, you know, he, you know, Darnell Mooney was a fifth round pick. He's a fifth round pick. Who knows? I I don't know. It the Bears receiver position is 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 not terrible right now. Um, obviously they need to figure out this Allen Robinson thing, but you know, I, I don't know, but I, I do know that Anthony M- Miller, not in the lining up with the bears is not going to really change yep. anything. So, yep. um, I do think that means Darnell Mooney is going to get more targets. So if you're a fantasy guy, I think that's, yep. a, that's a big, big, and, big pickup. <laughs> and I think in the next like couple months, we'll probably have Butkus, uh, stats and analytics on to tell us why we're stupid idiots. Um, but I really think moving moving AR to the slot to take advantage of all those nickelbacks covering him, that's going to be huge. There's going to be so many mismatches. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I know we're going to we can go and talk about now to Tariq Cohen. He's yeah. on what 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 is that list called? Not, Physically like unable to perform. It's in the it's called the pup list. P U P pup pup yeah pup. P P U P, I think is what it yeah. is. The physically unable to perform but list. There is no like detailed uh, yeah. reason though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, toward ACL last year, it's been ten months. Um, I'm just, I guess, it's something to look out for during training camp and to see how they eventually implement him because they haven't said that he's not going to be able to start the season. Um, so you know, I don't know, but. Did they drafted a running back in like the fourth round, fourth, fifth round this year, or third or fourth round? I can't remember. Yeah, I thought they drafted yeah, like a running back mid to late. But yeah. the, the what concerns me about Tariq is we have to treat him with kid gloves because remember his conditioning is going to be very, very much so vital to his return because he's been gone since what week four. Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there, somewhere and, around there, and, I think. In a back like that, that's it's he's very twitchy and kind of like a it's nothing where he's just going to be going through the through gaps up the middle he's going to be going around and going off the slot and relying on speed and and, and juking and using those those uh what do they call them what are those things on your legs tendons your i don't knees? fucking know ligaments <laughs> oh god damn no ligaments? i just don't want him to fuck his legs up <laughs> At any point, yeah, uh, is the, right. what I'm trying to say. But again, I, I'm I'm glad we re-signed him, though. I think when he's healthy, he can be one of the, probably the biggest difference maker as far as uh, tools on this offense. For sure, and I also think David Montgomery is finally going to be like let loose this year. I really do. I think, and I remember, you know, and I know this is like, you know, you you can't take Matt Nagy's word. He did, but like this offseason, he Matt Nagy has been quoted saying that, you know, next season they're going to try and get him 20 touches a game. And that's all I've really ever wanted. They started doing that towards the end of last year. So I think this coming year could be like David Montgomery's big breakout season, I guess, you know, 1,000 yards rushing, you know, not only just that, but just, you know, doing things receiving as well, you know, maybe, maybe get some Matt Forte-like vibes. I don't know. But – he will be key for however long Tariq Cohen is getting up to speed, I guess. Um, so we'll see. I'm hoping by training camp we have a little bit more of an idea about about Tariq Cohen, which is isn't that doesn't training camp start like this coming week or the week after? Uh, I think like 31st or August 1st is when it 
Yeah, like so in like yeah. the next week. Yeah. yeah so, I'm still I'm still pissed that it's not in Bourbon A. That pisses me off. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, you're closer to Lake Force. Once you move yeah, to Chicago, I don't, they, I, don't, I don't think they're gonna let people go. They're letting people go. They you have to have a ticket or whatever. A lot of people on Bears Twitter have been like sharing screenshots of their ticket or whatever. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. It's something you just have to look into. They're letting people go though. So, do we know anybody that lives in Lake Forest? I do not know. I just at my old place, I was only about ten miles away, but now I'm a because the the, the reason I ask is because like. Um, I feel like if you like, that's where a lot of the players live. I, I would it is. be tempted to like go there and spend a weekend there, mm-hmm. and just like run into them at the bar. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Well, Lake Forest is a very, very, very rich town, and yes, a lot of players do live there, even in the off season. Oh, um, my too. Yeah, so I'm. I feel like that's a pretty normal thing that people probably do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's when you drive through Lake Forest, it's like driving through Evanston. When we drive through Evanston and we just look at those houses, that's what Lake Forest is too. So, yep. Anyway, um, let's switch it to the ice. Uh, Blackhawks. I think the big story this week, obviously, uh, they acquired the the defenseman Seth Jones. Um, for, it was from the cap, or not the Capitals. Uh, fucking. Jackets, Blue Jackets. Um, it was like right before the draft. Um, they sent Adam Boquist and second round their second round pick and a first round pick for next year. Um, and apparently, uh, it, this I'm reading this. Um, sent Boquist second round pick for 2021. And a so, Thomas, how are we feeling about this? Uh, well, I, I didn't quite catch it because your audio sounds like you're in the middle of Vietnam, but they traded a hall, um, and, and it. What 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 this says to me is that they're trying to accomplish one of two things. They're trying to win while Kirby Doc is going to supposed to be here for the full season, be in his prime. They're getting back Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, and going to try and just go for it this next season uh, with Seth Jones and um, I, and John Merson's gone. So and nice to add another defenseman, but bridging this gap of the win now mode until they transition some of the younger guys in the minor leagues. It's, I don't know. I mean, they gave up quite a bit, but draft picks in hockey don't, I'm not too familiar with like how equitable they are as far as Mm -hmm. how much weight they carry. Um, I know they signed them to an eight year deal. So, which is kind of standard, it's kind of the status quo for an extension in the NHL. So he's going to be around for a while. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, as far as the image goes, though, it's nice to have someone of uh, like a person of color added again, added to the organization. Uh, nice to see like actual diversity amongst the organization. Again, I, I mean, w- with all the bullshit that's going on, it's just nice to see them do this and acquire a player of talent who was also a person of color. But uh, it's going to be exciting to watch and gives us hope um, that they're going to be good next year because I'm just tired of them being piss poor 
in being shitty at hockey. So right. well, they us. also got his they also got his younger brother Caleb Jones yeah. in that Duncan Keith trade. Um, we never talked about the Duncan Keith trade. Well, uh, well, with I guess on top of that, like you know, uh, getting those picks or part of that trade plus this trade, I think it's showing the Blackhawks are trying to, I guess, in a sense, retool faster than what many thought. Because I think going into the offseason. I don't right. think anyone really knew the direction direction they're, of the uh, franchise. Well, I wonder too because it looks like they're not trying. Like they have some young guys that are top picks, so you don't like the you know you shouldn't have to develop them as much, right? You can bring them up after a year or two, but they're right. not relying on develop their own development and their own system for guys. So they're just going out and acquiring ready-made talent. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't really have a connection with Duncan Keith seeing him go. I was, you know, I was, you know, thank you for your service. Good luck elsewhere. Didn't really do anything for me the past couple of years, but you know, I, again, I'm not like a hockey guru by any means, but still, again, I think this, it, it shows that we are trying to put a competitive team on the ice that I don't think we're going to win our division, but we're going to be in the playoffs next year. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I, we'll see. We'll see uh, a lot of off season to go. Obviously, the draft's been going. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on hockey Twitter, but I don't know. I feel like Blackhawks Twitter is just kind of. I think they're just excited, and for once, um, that must be feel nice because there's just been nothing to get excited about, and on top of like the the sexual assault thing, uh, that's kind of just put a black cloud over the franchise, uh, which still has a lot to to go over you know like there's so much still to go to like get that figured out um and, and and figure out if there's any of those people left in the organization um so yeah i think uh I, at, at least for as far as the the team and the roster goes i think this is something to get it to just be happy about and just like be able to breathe for a couple weeks kind of like the justin fields draft you know what i mean like everything about the bears makes us feel like shit but hey we get we got hope, you know. Yeah, and I don't know. It's what I'm curious to see is if something happens as far as like another injury, like if like if Kane goes down, mm-hmm. there's still so many gaps to fill on this roster as far as like wingers go. So I, again, I think if everyone stays healthy, we're going to be competitive. We've been really, really good at finding goalies out of the woodwork that can just fill the void there. I hope that trend continues. Um, one thing that I'm curious to see how it unfolds over the next year, two years, three years, whatever, is we just saw this happen in Cleveland. The Indians are transitioning to the Guardians. Hmm. The Blackhawks, again, that leaves that they're they're the last ones I believe that have a Native American logo, right? I, I the only I, other organization it's not even an organization it is a school it's Florida State and they have a deal with the Seminole tribe to where teenagers are I don't want to say gifted but they are. They, they get scholarships to go to their school and then they are also given particular, I think they get um, 
$84,000. Each member of their tribe gets $84,000 a year. Jesus. Yeah. Through, I think that was the, I think that's their agreement that, uh, Florida state in the actual, uh, state of Florida gives to these tribe, uh, as they are a lot, like that's their relationship with the university as far as using their representation and, having their impact on school. So it's going to be interesting to see what they talk about. Hockey world talks about not stepping on the logo in the locker room. That's more of a out of respect to them, but also it's just like a weird hockey, you know, thing like just whatever you don't yeah. step on the lines of baseball. You don't step on the logos, but right. um, I did. Yeah, I, I read something about how the Blackhawks, I guess, like, cause when like, that's kind of been a discussion over the last couple of years, right? with the the changing of the name and the logo and everything. I thought that that like the Blackhawks had released a statement about that like saying that they had like, had permission uh to yeah, to do they, this. They, they have it um on their website. They just talk about how they do have a positive line uh an open line of communication with uh the Blackhawk tribe. Mm-hmm. Um and that's great, but again, it almost leads what my point is like they're the last ones to where Mm -hmm. if quote unquote PC culture is upset about it, the people that are going to make sure this goes away might not be the people of tribe. It's going to be the, the, the white people. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Also like speaking of guardians, do you remember the SpongeBob hat? uh, When he was a superhero and he was like the flash or something, and he had the red hat with the wings on the side. Yeah, yeah, I know. Isn't they, that when they, when they dressed up as like hat. mermaid? Isn't that when they dressed up as Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy? They were no, so they were helping Mermaid Mermaid Man and Barnacle oh, Boy. They okay. were also the superheroes, and SpongeBob was like the knockoff Flash character. Okay. He's like, hey, he's like, you want to see me touch that building? You want to see me do oh, it again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was wearing the hat with the wings on it. And someone said that needs to be the guardians, <laughs> the guardians hat next year. <laughs> <laughs> that logo sucks. I'm not gonna lie. Um, the, it, someone put out the Giordano's. Uh, yes, logo. I saw They're that like, meme too. It's, it's the same. It's but the different. same, but different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I saw that too. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyway. I guess uh, let's finish up the show, right? Let's do cool and tough, lame and weak and shadow realm. Um, I'll start because, or no, you start because my cool and tough transitions to your lame and weak, I believe. I have like three of each. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, God, sorry. I just got a bunch of shit on my phone. Uh, my cool and tough, uh, I kind of mentioned it, but uh, the last week, and we've been talking about it, this, this is the last week of the core yep. together. I've been saying at the end of every episode for like the past two months, I'm just enjoying them. One last ride, probably only got a few days left with these boys. And it's just cool and tough that they went back to back. They're going out hot. Hell yeah. We were talking about Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, if you don't understand. I love it. What's, uh, you said you had two more? I got, no, I got a bunch of lame and weeks and shadow rounds here. Okay. Um, my cool and tough is, uh, Giannis. Uh, going to Chick-fil-A for 50 McNugs, or just 50 Nugs, I guess, since it's Chick-fil-A. Uh, literally the day after the NBA Finals, uh, he was Instagram living uh, during while he was ordering it. Uh, the the worker for Chick-fil-A was just like, you know, 
happy to see him there. And then just kind of like, I don't know, like her face. She was just like, I can't believe this is happening (laughs) type feel. Um, Yes. The only reason it's cool and tough is just, I don't know. A lot of people are saying a lot of good things about Giannis right now. And I I think the thing about Giannis that makes people happy is just like, he just kind of did it the old way, man. Like, I know the Nets might have been – they probably would have been tougher if they had healthy Kyrie and, and James mm-hmm. Harden, but, like, whatever. Injuries happen every single year. People always gave LeBron the fucking excuse whenever he lost to the Warriors in the finals, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so when you win the when you win an NBA championship, to me, it's, it's not tainted. Not even those ones with Kevin Durant. Like, it, it is what it is. It is what, it is what today's NBA is. Um, and Giannis did it the old way. And, you know, I remember last year when that trade for Drew Holiday happened and they gave him that huge extension and most of NBA Twitter and just NBA fans in general thought that, that was just a really bad idea mm-hmm. and it paid off. They won the NBA championship. Yep. And, and Drew Holiday is part of that infamous uh, alley-oop. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, um, so, yeah, Gian- well, Giannis like, in general, just cool to, and tough. To your point, too, like he's uh, – I guess relatable and humble in the sense that like, I mean, fuck the guy three years ago was cream in his pants. Cause he had his first smoothie ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I, I, I love America. Tweet. And it's just, <laughs> he's had a smoothie. Just had a smoothie. smoothie I, God bless America. Well, God yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a question. Uh, I know we have a buddy who works for the Bucks, uh-huh. so we, in a sense, we do. I I, I cheer for them because he yeah. works for them, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I want him to, you know, he works in tickets, so the better the Bucks are, the more money he potentially yeah, makes, you know. Him. Yep. So I do root for the Bucks, but if the Bulls were good and they kind of had like this division rivalry, I guess, like, would we just be like? Just would we? Do you think we'd probably like loathe the Bucks in the way that they are right now? Like, yeah, do you think that I mean, things would be completely doubt. different? Yeah, oh yeah. Like, even if they oh didn't yeah. have any playoff, like, like if they didn't have any tough playoff series against each other, it'd just be the fact that Milwaukee's so close to Chicago that yeah. that's why we all just kind of you know yeah. hate each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would tell him I like I like like uh, good luck, man. But I, I, I want I want the organization to burn to the ground. <laughs> yeah and you know hopefully it's just hopefully like things the, change in this the bucks but it's just like and this is more just because i love baseball and football a little bit more than i like nba as opposed to college basketball but it's just the affiliation with the packers and the brewers that's right. why i fucking hate them just, right like, that's i tweeted the other day i was like i'm happy for all the bucks fans who aren't packers fans um i left the brewers out because i you know i don't like the brewers either but Mm-hmm. It just it it the I hate the Packers so much more. I also tweeted like the day after the Bucks won. I was like, this would be a great day for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. They wouldn't even talk about it. It would just be because the Bucks won, so everyone would be talking yeah. about the Bucks. Just be a good good easy way for the Packers to just say goodbye to, to Aaron yeah. Rodgers. But, well, it's just because yeah. during the season in the playoffs, you saw Bakhtiari chugging beers mm-hmm. in the stadium, and you know early right. in the season, you see Rodgers doing the same, and it's like, God can't have anything nice right yeah fucking state of wisconsin doesn't deserve this much happiness so the 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 sports gods gotta come through and hopefully aaron Rodgers retires like the rumors are right now (laughs) yeah turn down a two-year 90 million dollar extension 
Right. Yeah. It's it's not about the money, man. He's just mad at well, the organization. Well, I guess what? The Packers have $5 million left in cash space. So I don't know how the hell yeah. they were going to do that, but whatever. They were just going to figure it out. Yeah. 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 I don't know. All right. Um, so that was my uh, layman week for you, right. brother. My layman week. My first is uh, Texas and Oklahoma. They're in the process oh, yeah. of moving to the SEC. And it's like, what the fuck are we even doing anymore? Right. Like, just, just, just give me six big conferences, twelve teams in each. They all have a conference championship, an eighteen playoff, and just call it good. Like the SEC is going to have almost as many teams, if not more, than the Big Ten. They're going to be all over the map. The Big Twelve is going to have like six teams left, and it's like, what the fuck are we? What the fuck are we doing? It's about TV deals. The Texas already has the Longhorn Network. I, like I don't I I just don't get it. I think it's fucking stupid. Um and really I hope this does not affect um my college football video game when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. I I yeah, that news was kind of shocking to me too cuz it's just kind of like it's not like they needed to move to the SEC to get like yeah. any it's kind not, of recognition for the bowl like for right. the, the final four or whatever yeah. it's called, you know what like, I mean? You don't get it if like smaller school teams need it for the TV money, but when you have the two biggest markets in the Big 12, right. I mean, and it's not like Texas it's not like Texas is a power. They they could barely beat Iowa State. Right. Yeah, I know. Like they're going to go to the SEC and like their oh their program God. is like Vince Young isn't coming back anytime right. soon, man. And, like, and, <laughs> and I think the SEC West is is kind of is weaker. Um I think you still have the I think LSU is still in the West, but I mean you get to face like Missouri and you know whatever, but still like ah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make yeah. any sense. I agree. Uh got any, got any others? Yeah, let, let's see what other ones were. Oh, um, I had a. It, it was the it was the Guardians again. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> because all the pictures are coming out of like the one bridge on Cle- in Cleveland that has like is a Guardian, mm-hmm. and it's all cloudy and murky. And I'm like, I don't think the sun actually shines in the state of Ohio. Like Cleveland, <laughs> that it's always cloudy. And Cleveland just sucks. Yeah. It's just like how how miserable can you be when you're trying to promote a, a franchise organizational organizational brand change, and the best mm. pictures you have are just like cloudy pictures of a bridge, right? And I think it it's all comes back to like like Guardians comes from like some giant statue or some shit like that. It's like right. yeah, it's like the statues that are on their the bridge over that go over like parts oh, of a river okay. um, or Lake Fucking Erie or some one. bullshit. Uh, I don't understand Cleveland, man. <laughs> I hope Elaine's uh, yeah. listening to this and is. Yeah, triggered. I was going to say, she's going to slide in my DMs and be like, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the Guardians blew a 3 1 lead. That's, that, I mean, that one's still good. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, it, whether it's Guardians, Indians, whatever. Like, oh, shit. Breaking lead. news. Jeff Bassan. Yeah, Adam, Adam Frazier. Frazier to the Padres. Yeah. I was going to announce it at Sorry, the end. Josh. But yeah. So. Uh, if you made it this far, uh, breaking news, guys. <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't hear it last night, um, any more layman weeks, my friend? Um, no other breaking news from Woj. I don't know if you want to drop this now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, there is a definite opportunity for the Bulls to land both Lonzo Ball and Derek Rose. Derek Rose. Yeah. Hell yeah, that would be. Lit. I'd be so lit. I might cry, to be yeah. honest with you. I might cry. 
if anyone like we don't we, like I've we've talked about D Rose on this podcast before, and like how much I love him, but like if the Bulls get D Rose back, like Tommy knows because he's known me mm-hmm. for so long. Like my God, I will fucking. Oh, I would fucking have the biggest fucking erection oh, for a long time. Snapbacks are gonna be so back, so back, man. They've been stored away in my storage <laughs> for the last couple years, man. I would, oh my god, I would be so back for fucking D Rose back in the Bulls. Fuck yeah, and he was good with the Knicks, man. He was like the only reason the Knicks were even good and, in the and, playoffs. And he's come back to a competitive team. Hell yeah, and they need a point guard too. He'd be a nice piece off the bench. With Alonzo Ball as a starter, oh hell yeah! Oh. There's a there's an opportunity that not only will the Bulls be back, but Illinois coming back too. Woo! We have a lot of good basketball coming up. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, with that said, let's transition to my lame week. And mm-hmm. USA basketball, they fucking suck, brother. They just lost to France this morning at yeah. like eight a.m. They were, I don't know what their favorite was or what the line was. France was plus 575 to win today outright, and they did. Anyone who placed money on that, they have to be laughing at the United States of America because holy f- fuck, that the, the United States should have rolled over that team. I know Rudy Gobert is on that France team, and then there's another NBA player on that team. I think it's Evan Fournier, but yep. we're talking about USA basketball with... Don't, don't like, Google image Fournier. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, you know, Kevin, Dur- like they don't have all the best players in the world on that team, but Kevin Durant is on that team. Dame Lillard is on that team. Zach Levine is on that team. Devin Booker, bunch of guys that are really good. And again, France was plus 575 to win outright. The U- USA basketball was huge favorites in the Olympics today. And they shit the bed, you know. I don't know, man. I'm not we, feeling good about this team. First time, loss since 2004. We should have just been gifted this win. I mean, look, we saved France's ass in World War One. Saved their asses <laughs> again in World War Two. There, we are the reason they are an independent country. Yeah, like just gift us your gift us your W right now. <laughs> we didn't forget. Yeah, I don't know, but and on a real note, like that's just that's just. I mean, it's fucking, fucking embarrassing. Bad. We've lost three yeah. out of four so far. Right, like I don't know. We lost to teams where like drinking water is a like a like admirable. Yeah, like it's something they don't take for granted. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's I don't get it. I I I you know I know Coach K isn't coaching. I think it's Greg Popovich, but But isn't the perspective (laughs) weird though? It's like okay, it's a conversation because. It's the Olympics, and we're right. losing. If we're right. winning, it's like, well, of course we are. We invented the game. Right. We have the best best athletes on planet Earth playing the game. Right. We should destroy you guys, and it would it, would, it wouldn't they be a blow blow every radar. team out. Yeah. They should blow out every team. They should. And it's I not mean- like we have the not like we had thirty years ago where we had college kids playing because we right. wouldn't let professionals play. We had amateurs playing. And then look what happened. We brought back the the dream team came and absolutely slaughtered everybody. Right. That was our revenge. And now we have the best players still playing and we're losing. 
Right. Again, first loss since 2004, but still like that. I, that's just how good these athletes are in America. And to just to lose to a team like France, again, I know Rudy Gobert is on the team. and I know Evan Fournier is on it. That's two NBA players, but still like uh, you got Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard and fucking Zach Levine on that team, a bunch of and a bunch of other all stars. You you can't lose. I understand winning by single digits, but losing? No. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. So that's lame and weak. All right. What's your shadow realm? Let me pull it up here. That who did I have this week? I had like three. Oh, here we go. Oh, Cole Beasley. Ah, uh, Cole Beasley. My yes. God. He's on my fantasy team last I wonder year. Wonder who he voted for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh him I and mean, DeAndre he, Hopkins? Yeah, it, I mean, they both talked about the vaccine, um, the, the NFL vaccine, and, not wanting yeah. to do it, how it's going to affect their career. I mean, with how adamant Cole Beasley is about it, I'm surprised he, he hasn't it, just retired, man. Yeah, he's he said it himself. He's made enough money; he'll play for free. Mm-hmm. He's not getting the vaccine, and you know, he gives his. I'm sure. I'm sure he's well educated, you know, or whatever, but. I mean, people like him are the reason why polio is fucking coming back, dude. Like, like for real. Like, like he's. I've we've talked about the vaccine a little bit, and like, so isn't like we don't try to get political about the vaccine, even though everyone else does. Like, I've tried to understand why some people might not have gotten it. We talked about because, like, like, but is there's like the like these people. Like DeAndre Hopkins literally said the only reason he's not getting it is because someone he knows, I guess, had some heart problem or whatever after they took it. And it's like, that's one fucking person. Uh, me and you have it and our hearts are fine. You know what I mean? Right. Like it comes down to just like whatever you are, like your health condition at the time is. Like what you what like what what are you? You know what I mean? So at least that's my two cents on like the entire situation. Like I think the NFL did a good job here with like making this a rule because it will force people to get the vaccine because it's setting teams up for failure. If you don't do it, it's kind of like the MLB, you know, like if you get that 85% threshold, you know, players are allowed to do more in this and that. And that's why it's been really annoying that the Cubs haven't done that. But, you know, like the NFL is like you, you cause it, you, uh, if one of your guys who's unvaccinated causes this thing, you're not getting this and this and this. Like, if you want to get paid, yeah, get the vaccine. Like, a lot of people might not like it, but I right. think, in, and it's not in, like it's going to change if you, you know, you. I'm, I'm assuming these rules will be in place next season as well. The way things yeah. are trending, especially you know, we see what's happening in St. Louis. I assume it's right. going to happen in Chicago. You know, whether you think that's fortunate or unfortunate, uh, as far as mandates and all that. It ain't going away anytime soon. It, so, I, mean, I mean, I, as far as it being unfortunate or not, it would be very unfortunate. Yeah, if I just want to get if, my, if, I just want to get my goddamn ten Q chicken sandwich without right. a fucking mask. Exactly. Like I just want to be able to do. Like I did what the country asked me to do. Right. I went and got the vaccine. I did what they asked. I should not have to suffer because there's a ton of fucking people on the planet. Who don't want to, who who don't think for some reason that this vaccine is good for them? That's not my problem. You know what I mean? We, I get, it's just so annoying if if that like, 
It happened in St. Louis. I'm surprised that hasn't been talked about it yet in Chicago. Well, I'm wait. I I, I would just speculate with Lollapalooza coming up. There's no restrictions in Lollapalooza. Right. I'm sure like the second, third week of August, see what happens. And then I'm sure Pritzker and Lawyer Lightfoot are going to, and their little ev- evil empire are going to drop some bullshit on us. But, you know, whatever. Tis life. I mean, spin zone on it. I mean, St. Louis, bunch of hillbillies, bunch of people who are probably anti-vaxxers. Oh, sure. yeah. You know, obviously a lot more people believe in science up it, here in it, Chicago. Like, <laughs> believe me, I'm anti-government. <laughs> Like I'm pro small government and keeping their fucking fists out of my money and, 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 and regulations, but to a degree and like some people are just so anti-government that they don't trust government. And now it's bled into not trusting modern medicine. And it's yeah. like the motherfuckers making, doing this shit are so much smarter than most people could ever dream of being. It's like, yeah. get it done. So I could go get my chicken sandwich in peace. The thing about Cole Beasley and like DeAndre Hopkins is like to me, like everything they're saying, it's just influencing other people and it's building up all these people who big yeah, because they have such a huge following, following. right? They're built like they're they're pushing people to not get it. And again, if you don't want to get it, then just they need to have a fucking conversation with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, who's fucking mom? He watched his mom die because because she got You're right. I agree. Yeah, I think it's more, more than just his mom. Yeah, I think he had yeah. multiple family members. Yeah, let's yeah. go 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 talk with Cat and and have a conversation about your uh about your little theories about the vaccine. Right. I think that like again, it's the biggest thing is just like they're influencing all these random people who might be on the brink or you know who aren't getting it because. They're just as fucking, you know, blindsided by a bunch of shit, too. But, like, it's just kind of, like, it's not helping anything, unfortunately. Like, I understand you want to speak your mind, all that. But at the end of the day, they're not helping anyone. They're just building a cult. That's what they're basically doing is building a cult of anti-vaxxers. So, is what it is. Um, Was that your shadow realm? Yeah. Yeah, that was your shadow realm. Is that all you got? I think, I remember you said you had multiple. Oh no, that was it. That was it. Okay. Yeah, I had D hop in there too, but we talked about it. Okay. Um, all right. So my shadow realm is uh Marcus Lamonis. He's in my shadow realm around March of last year. Um, if you saw did you see my tweet this morning, Tommy? I did. I did. Okay, so um I keep checking it to waiting to see if he'll reply. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to reply too. He hasn't re- he hasn't replied to any tweets all day. At least last I checked, he had, and he just retweeted his own tweet this morning. That's probably why I saw. I don't follow him. Uh, I unfollowed him after he laid me off four days after the pandemic started, and there was a shutdown in March last year. Um, I if you if you're an OG, you know that last year I got laid off. Um, literally when I got back from vacation. I uh, worked for four days, got laid off after, and I have screenshots in my phone still of Marco Simona sending mass emails to everyone who worked at Camping World uh, corporate headquarters out in Lincolnshire, um, saying that everyone's job is going to be just fine. Don't have to worry about anything. Everyone's just going to have to work from home. That's basically, that's the consensus of what he said. And then I worked for four days, like I said, and I got let go. Well, uh, one of the perks when I worked at Camping World is that uh, he had season tickets uh, to Cubs games. 
and in the 1914 club. So it was like the suite. So you got all you can eat, all you can drink. You got to bring a friend, all that good stuff. Um, so he tweeted like a video. I guess he was at the game yesterday. He tweeted a video and, uh, you know, I think that he, <laughs> he, he was just, he's giving away tickets to the Cubs game. Right. Uh, and I saw that video this morning and I was like, you know, you should give those to me cause you laid me off all that bullshit. You can go find it. It's on my Twitter account. And oh no, he's just in my shadow room because it's like, dude, you fired people, but you're able to keep your season fucking tickets. Fuck off. <laughs> like that's 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 exactly how I really feel about it, Tommy. <laughs> Corporate America, baby. <laughs> yep, yep. That's basically it. And the thing is, is like you, you, you I would venture a guess and say he probably made money over the pandemic. Somehow, yeah. some way. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they were giving away RVs all throughout the year last year like, oh, i remember well, i remember what was it two three weeks ago we were driving to the bachelor party and you're like oh you saw yeah a flag <laughs> you yep. saw a flag or something you're like is that is that it it, it is yeah, it fuck is. you and just <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah so when you drive by camping worlds they always have these big giant american flags hanging outside you can literally see it like a mile out and we were going down I-55, I think, and I saw I saw one. I was like, oh, this must be a new one. And, and yeah, I literally told to fuck off because, like, I know who owns those fucking things. Um, anyway, yeah, Good if you made it this far. Moment, though, I mean, that, that time last year, like, you were going through that. I was fucking miserable as, as could be at my job, just going down the bone. And now we have a f- freaking fantastic job i love my job i know you love yours Hmm. perspective baby hell yeah and uh obvious shirts like replied to my tweet uh earlier today and was like hey so sorry to hear that man and i told him i was like hey man if i would have known everything that happened after it was gonna happen like i wouldn't even be i wouldn't have even been mad um because yeah i'm in a much better spot just moved to chicago something i've been wanting to do for like six years you know like i'm good everything's great now we might have to come back to this though if Marcus Wilmonas actually does reply to my tweet <laughs> and gives me free tickets because that would be a hell of a story to tell, <laughs> or just slanders me in some way. But he ain't gonna do that because he's got to save face for himself. He's 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 on fucking t- television, man. So what if what if you get like a really obscure reply that like defends him or his situation, but know. it's like the at is just an egg and it's like at user three, two, seven, eight, five, six, four or something like that. And it's just his yeah. fucking burner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Someone fucking replied to it earlier. Some random person. I don't know. Replied to it. and was like, you don't deserve this or some shit like that. I don't know. You, you go look in the replies. It's, it's not, it's not a very old tweet. You don't, you don't deserve the tickets or you don't, you didn't deserve I didn't deserve something. That's what they said. Um, Yeah, you don't deserve to win the tickets. Or no, no, no. That person said, if you don't win the tickets, we riot. I feel like someone else said something negative about it to me. I'm going through my mentions right now. Oh, it was your fault. That's what this guy said. This guy named Rob Saperiv. He's got the pride flag in in uh, in his name. I don't know if you've seen. There's 16 replies to it right now. But he says it was your fault. 
That's all your said. fault. You got laid off. Yeah, apparently <laughs> it's my fault. I got laid off, even though I got laid off specifically for the pandemic. The guy on the phone literally told me that. Well, I don't want any proof so, of it, but what's his what's his picture look like? Can you describe it to me? Um, it's and like a baby. It's like a baby drinking a beer. It looks like it's a baby like, drinking a beer. Yep, yep. He's got 112 followers. He lives in Indiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his last what? tweet was girls that drink beer are just so cool you know <laughs> all right you drinking baby fuckhead and then is then is like uh his header is some guy uh-huh. throwing up into a toilet so <laughs> cool and what's <laughs> his at what's his handle uh the at the real at the real whoopee j all right at the real whoopee j I hope I, I if I were smart enough, I would invent a time machine <laughs> to the I, I get you've probably had alcoholism since you were a child, but I would take the vomit that's in the toilet in that picture and then shove it down your throat or pour it through a funnel down your throat and then just hope you regurgitate it and just repeat that process over again until you die. How about that? I got him for you, Cody. Fuck that guy. Cody doesn't deserve it. Oh no, did we lose it? I lost you. I lost your audio. Well, if you're still listening, if you can still hear me, guys. Cody's been My battling. headphones died. I don't know if you're still oh, talking. No. I can't hear you. <laughs> you guys are probably listening to the audio here where it's been Cody's been in and out. He's been using his phone as a hotspot. It's been an absolute battle this whole Fuck. this whole time. I don't think he can hear me at this point. I hope this stays in the show, though, this audio. I'm just watching Cody struggle to find a way to figure out how he's going to get sound, picture, and audio going here. I'm going to put <laughs> in my other headphones. Right, he's going to put in his other headphones. He doesn't have Wi-Fi either. He's just been strictly you using there? a hotspot on his phone. Can you? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I, I can't hear you, man. Here, I'm going to leave and I'll come back. Okay. All right. Don't go anywhere. I'm not. Okay. All right. Uh, to, before we end the show, <laughs> if you made it this far, if you made it this far, God bless you. God bless you. Uh, I'm literally running the show or recording via 5G on my work phone because I don't have internet at my apartment yet. This is how dedicated we are to doing this podcast. Um, my headphones died. Um, and then I, I don't know, we, ha- we had some shit. So, uh, anyway, if you made it this far, God bless you. Yep. Keep su- subscribing. Cause by the, our next show, we will, de- I will definitely have internet at my place and I'll be wired in and we'll be great. Um, if I know it was a little rough at certain parts of the show, so I, I apologize. Um, but I hope you stuck around. Hope you learned something. Um, <laughs> Tommy, I, this this I'm getting so many vibes about like the first like ten episodes we did where our audio was mm-hmm. so bad. This is probably how bad it is. Like we have better microphones now, but now our internet was shitty this time. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be fun editing this one. Um, but yeah, uh, I think everyone got the gist of today's show. So thank you. <laughs> and yep. Uh, yep. yeah, um, you wanna? Yeah, I've just been vibing. I mean, I'm in the <laughs> middle of my vacation. I got a few days left. Um, I recorded today's entire episode in bed in my underwear 
and I've been eating White Castle burgers the whole show. <laughs> I am yeah. just like living the dream, living the um, dream. Baby. But again, we're down to the we're at the we're at the one yard line with the mm. core. Watch every second of Cubs baseball while you still can enjoy the core uh, and, and whatever we get in trades. Enjoy these prospects. Um, again, it, it's. It's gonna be. It's gonna feel good being on the other side of this. Kind of the, what you spoke about earlier with the Band-Aid off. But just enjoy these guys while we still have them. Um, hopefully next week we'll have Sean back. He's took a mental health day today, and I respect a lot of him for doing that, taking care of himself. Everybody yep. love for him. Yep. Uh, hopefully uh, next time we see you, we'll be talking about how we have a bunch of top prospects. We have the number one farm system in baseball. But until then, Cody, if you could hit the damn music. Thank you.